Kia ora, I'm Georgia. I'm Catherine. And I'm Molly. And you're listening to... Pimpod! Welcome to Parent Pod for this week. We hope that you guys had a lovely long weekend. It kind of it actually snuck up on us that it was Tuesday. Um, hence why it's just me um, for your intro today. So we're just going to get straight into the episode. This week we have Kate from Little Bird Lactation um, answering some of your questions. So thank you so much to everyone who sent a question in. Kate was a delight to chat to, um, extremely informative, very funny, um, and did a great job of answering your questions. If you don't already follow um, Kate on Instagram, we definitely recommend. She has lots of informative posts, but just lots of laughs. Um, she's extremely relatable. So yeah, we definitely recommend checking her out at Little Bird Lactation. So we'll just jump straight into the episode today. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Today we're chatting with Kate from Little Bird Lactation. Kate is a registered nurse and lactation consultant from Christchurch. She's also a mum to two girls, Isla Bell and Mabel. As a nurse, Kate worked in community pediatrics and neonatal nursing for eight years. And you actually are still working as a nurse at the moment, aren't you, Kate? Sure am. (laughs) So she is well and truly experienced in working with babies and children. Kate shares a lot of valuable and relatable content on her Instagram, Little Bird Lactation. So we definitely recommend checking this out if you haven't seen her page already. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kate. Um, We'd love to start by you just telling us about your family and what led you to make the change, well, to become a lactation consultant as well as your nursing. Hi. So um, as this girl said, I'm Kate and I have my two beautiful girls and a big, well, little fluffy white dog in Christchurch alongside my husband. So we are both born and raised here and love raising our girls here. Um, I love nursing. I love being able to help people, but I just wanted to get away from the shift work grind and be able to spend more time with people. When you're nursing on the floor, you don't get enough time to be with people because you've got so many tasks and I one of my favorite parts about working in NICU was helping mums with breastfeeding I always thought I was going to be that nurse that loved the hustle bustle of ICU and medications and drugs and ventilators but that's just not my jam I was far happier down in the special care unit where we were helping mums learn how to breastfeed and and settle and all those mothering techniques as well and I always found that the mothers there, as much as they hated being in NICU, they always appreciated the getting to learn how to be a mum in a slightly less stressful environment and having some of that hands-on support. So by being a lactation consultant, I'm kind of taking the best parts of that job Mm. and being able to do that in people's homes as well and just provide some knowledge because I feel like Dr. Google can be a really scary place. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and especially Instagram, there's some there's some interesting information out there too. So being able to provide a, a safe space and it's for, you know, everybody. If you want to breastfeed, if you want to bottle feed, if you want to mix feed, like it's a safe space for you to get some education, to ask questions, to have some support, um, without any judgment. Amazing. Yeah. That's so that, great. That and is like great. to take the 
like you've become a lactation consultant, but you've also taken the leap to start your own business as well, which is amazing yeah. doing that alongside two young kids. So well done you. Yeah. Thank you. Terrifying, but good. Like it's going to be worth it in the end and show my girls um, some good hard work can lead to great things. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So I guess we'll just um, jump straight in with some questions that we've had sent in to us from um, our listeners. Uh, so these mm-hmm. are from people's own experience and then maybe some people who are pregnant who are just wondering about how it's going to go when they get there. Um, so the first one was, we've seen on Instagram a bit about antenatal expressing. Um, this is something that George and I have both done, but we were just wondering what your thoughts were on this. Is this something that you should try to do during pregnancy? Absolutely. I think that hand expression is huge and a big game changer. Obviously needing to get medical clearance. So waiting till you're beyond that 37, 38 week mark, having a discussion with your midwife or healthcare professional, just to make sure um, there are no risk factors for you. Back when I had my first daughter, who's now four, it was kind of just starting to come out and people were talking about it, but it was more used for people that might need extra milk at the end. So um, people with gestational diabetes or might be separated from their baby at birth. But the way I look at hand antenatal expressing is about learning hand expression. So learning how to do it. If you're learning how to do it when you're pregnant, you're a whole lot less stressed because you are not sleep deprived with a screaming (laughs) newborn in your arms Uh, trying to learn a new skill. So any milk you get antenatally is a bonus. Yeah, But it's about learning how to hand express, learning what works and doesn't work for your body in case you need it after yeah. your baby is born. Okay. So if you so do you, it and you can't get any milk, it's like not don't stress about that. Don't stress about it. Have a look at your technique. Get your midwife to check over your technique. I've got a free download on how to do it with the technique. Oh, great. Oh, but amazing. what happens is when you're pregnant, you have high levels of prolactin and that is what stops you from producing mass amounts of milk. When you uh, deliver your placenta and sorry, progesterone, when that drops the progesterone, that surges your body to make milk. So you're not okay. actually designed to make heaps of milk in pregnancy. Okay. Okay. You're making colostrum. Yeah. Uh, and how do sense. you, how do you actually do it? Cause I really was found, found this so baffling. I'd like the first time round. I'd I'd like be had expressing my husband would be holding a spoon under yeah, my. That's how we did it. I was like, so that is. But yeah. I look back and I'm like, was that really um, strange? And then I just like suck it up on a syringe. But like the amount we must have lost, but in that process when it's you get hardly anything as it is. It's the second time again. This is probably really wrong, but second time I did pump and got some antenatally so what yeah what do we do we because i'm talking antenatal about learning the experience it's better to do it by hand yeah so you can express till there's like a small drip there and either scoop it up with a spoon or like the haka collectors or silverette something Uh, clean uh, or like a small syringe even when the like even when the drips are on your nipple just grabbing the little syringe and sucking each like little bit up so um you, yes, yeah. it kind of feels a bit weird scooping it up with a spoon, like you don't have enough hands. But as long as you like, if there's a drip there, just wait till it's a drip and then get it again. You're not going to like lose the motion because you stop to collect it. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. See, I was worried. I was like wanting to keep go and just made Tomo hold it there. And I was like, this is a two person job. Yeah, that's what I, I used to do. I used to do it in the bath, like kind of leaning back. So it's like, if it's, if it's there, 
then it's a drip sitting on your nipple and you can like suck it up with a syringe. Oh, um, that's, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, that is. As quirky as I am for being a lactation consultant, I couldn't bear to see my, like, didn't feel right watching my husband, like, letting him watch me milk myself. No, yeah, I just find that's yeah. weird. It is really, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel uncomfortable just thinking back to it, especially before you've had kids because, like, I think you definitely – you really step over that boundary well and truly after you've had kids anyway haven't you oh yeah um and your toddler's standing there like what are you doing yeah (laughs) (laughs) totally and like you're you know you're used to your partner gets very used to seeing you like feed and like leak everywhere but pre having any kids it does feel odd yeah I always thought that, like, I told my husband when I gave birth, I was like, you're not allowed at the bottom end, like, just don't ruin it. And then he actually had to help deliver my second baby. So, oh. like, <laughs> well and truly got up in there. So. <laughs> oh, because I saw, you had a home, like, an accidental home birth, did yeah. you? <gasps> Mabel was an hour and a half, and <gasps> so she was born beside the front door. Oh, oh, my goodness. So he, like, he really was delivering literally her mum yeah my mother had come around so it was my mum and husband oh delivered my gosh. Mail. yeah oh my God. did you have carpets or like wooden floors wooden floors wooden floors Does it- and I remember being in the ambulance thinking oh my god I'm gonna have to sand back the wooden floors and yeah. stain them like that's all I could think about after <laughs> I, I can imagine <laughs> yeah that's so fun oh. did you have to sand them no, no ah. stains, no stains. No and only stains. three towels used. I was very impressed. Oh my goodness. Wow. That was incredible. <laughs> I don't know. Minimalist birth. And I just had to clean it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. I'm pleased you didn't come home after like two days in hospital and be like, oh, I need to now clean this mess up. <laughs> yeah, nah. Thanks, mum. Um, so is it safe? Sorry. So is it safe? Yeah. Um, to pump antenatally or would you say don't do it i wouldn't say so the reason behind it is one you'd lose potentially lose quite a bit of milk in the pump yeah which would be frustrating and annoying if you're getting small amounts and two pumping something that we use to bring on labor um it's one of the tools that we use when you're in labor to speed things along so i'd really recommend not using a pump for it i know some women do but yeah the risks are just that little bit a little bit higher and also you're not learning the skill yeah unless you you know learning the skill is to me the most important part yeah, of totally. it. Okay, okay. Thank you for that. Note to you, Catherine, for this pregnancy. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, I was like <laughs> over 41 away. weeks. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, ah, if it brings it on, great. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Um, so the next question we had, which we definitely agree, agree with, um, mm-hmm. we know that those first few days, after having a baby can be a bit of an emotional roller coaster and you're often quite sore, things like that. (laughs) (laughs) Understatement. Um, And sometimes it can take a while for your milk to come in. Is that also just side note, is it true? Like if you have a cesarean, it can take a little bit longer or? Yeah. And it can, and it all depends to do with what happens in your labor too. So if you've had things like fluids and extra medications that can affect your milk coming in, if you're all swollen, if you've had preeclampsia, all sorts of things can affect your milk coming in. Not that to say that those are bad things, but they're always nice to just keep in the back of your mind. If you're like, cool, hey, actually I'm doing all the right things, but it's taking a little while longer. Know that you are doing all the right things. You just need to wait for your body to catch up. Okay. That's good. And what day is it normally Um, that your milk comes in? Day three to five. It depends. Like with subsequent pregnancies, it can 
happen a little faster yeah um and how frequently your baby feeds the, okay the best way to bring it in as fast as you can is to let your baby feed as much as they want to so yeah. those cluster feeds don't go popping a pacifier in their mouth yeah and miss those feeding cues like night two especially it feels like they are just not off yeah your breast. yeah yeah party night have loads of mm-hmm. yeah have loads of skin to skin and just you kind of got to surrender into it and it is hard and it comes with hormone crashes too and just give yourself grace yeah. <laughs> give yourself some serious grace it's and so hard help. you're like yeah you hit the like you said the hormone crash and then you wake up and your boobs are like rocks and uh, you're like, why yeah, yeah. and yeah. That, i remember waking up and getting into the shower and like our shower was like a double shower and the water came on and my boob just started squirting and it literally hit the end of the shower (laughs) and I was like what is happening to me oh my gosh (laughs) so many changes is this my body so So someone they also asked sorry with that if Mm -hmm. your milk is taking a little bit to come in there are lots of things on the market now like lactation bars and Yep. pills and all those Teas. sorts of things is yeah yeah is that is it worth it or are you best to just let my it happen view naturally? on like my view on it's like galactagogues what they're called right? oh, yeah. so they're basically like herbs or spices or foods that are believed to increase your milk supply and yeah, yeah. look there's research for there's research against but there's no real like concrete research my okay. view is that they wouldn't have been around for centuries if they haven't worked to some degree for some women yeah but I always look at them as like complimentary. So if you're having trouble with your milk coming in before you go and spend money on lactation drinks and bars, get a lactation consultant instead. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but better money spent to support yourself that way. And then if you're doing all of those things and need an extra boost, then they can help guide you on some of those things as well. Okay. That's yeah. That's a good point. Good to know. Because some of them end up quite expensive, you know, by the time oh, you yeah. paid for two weeks worth of that, it's the same price as a private lactation consultant. Yeah. Yeah. That's that is so true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so skipping forward to a year of breastfeeding mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. if you've got it to that point, are there many benefits to continuing feeding after that point or absolutely 100% I'm not even gonna let you finish cool (laughs) (laughs) so it still has all the benefits um and can support your baby and growth and extra antibodies to help especially when we're starting daycare and all those extra bugs floating around also connection and bonding so like the natural age of weaning like if we go back is like between two and seven wow for mammals so it's a lot And so World Health Organization now suggests um, up until two years, if possible, to continue breastfeeding just to support. And I think views around that are slightly changing. Um, But, oh, I know if I still breastfeed my even almost two-year-old in public, I get some looks sometimes and it's like, go away. (laughs) You know, it's hard. It's, It's changing society's view and also even, I think, our parents' generation's view on it. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, even my own mother's like, so when are you going to, like, stop that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I've been having that. Like, my second is just turned one. And the amount of times I get asked, like, oh, you're still feeding her? 
But I'm like, well, I just don't actually have a reason to stop. Yeah. Like she's only had, she's now having one feed a day. Like it's just there's no point to stop. Yeah. And it totally. works. Like yeah. if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah, that's so true. Okay, so keep keep going. And if, if you can, it's if you working want to. for you, like yeah. it's it's totally working for you. And that's the whole thing. I think the bigger push is more like, oh, you have to start them on cow's milk after one. If they're on formula, yes, swap them to cow's milk because it's a heck of a lot cheaper and that's what, yeah. you know, nutritionally is fine. But if they're breastfeeding, you don't have to stop breastfeeding yeah. to give cow's milk. Yeah, okay. You know? Good to know. Mm. Yeah, there is a lot of pressure, isn't there? But, um, like, if you are bottle feeding, there's pressure on that as well. Oh, I yeah. Think. Yeah. Everybody questions how you feed your baby, even though it's none of their business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so true. And Catherine and I, we've both had very similar journeys, like struggled with breastfeeding with our first, so yeah. they had to be on bottles and then yeah. breastfed our second and haven't been able to get them onto a bottle. Oh, yeah. And like there's been judgment with both. So you're totally. like, how can I, I can't win. Yeah. I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. Yeah, right? totally. Um, so in terms of weaning, so if you do yeah. get to a point where you think, okay, I'm ready to stop, um, whenever that might be, mm-hmm. how, how do we do that? Is it better to do it gradually or just cold turkey or does it kind of depend on the age of the baby? It kind of also depends on like what's going on for you and why you want to wean. So like mm. if it's gotten to a point where you've just gotten to the, you know, you're over it and, or you're needing to start a medication or you've just, you know, you're just, I'm done, you know, then yes, it can be done suddenly. But when it happens more suddenly than doing it gradually, the hormone crash is just a lot more sudden too. So okay. when okay. they talk about it, like the post weaning blues, because if you think about it, your body's making hormones to make the milk Mm. so if you stop doing that they're going to crash too so your body just needs to adjust if possible i always suggest like a gentle weaning like dropping one feed a day Mm. for a couple of days to a week just to one take it easy on bubs and two to take it easy on you but know that that's not the only way you know Mm. so there's ideals Mm. ideal ways to do it which is slowly but if that's not what's going to work for you and your family in that situation you can do it quick yeah but um be aware of the hormone crashes because they are real (laughs) and they suck yes um so the the next question we've had is when returning to work how can we manage continuing to feed so it absolutely depends on the age of your baby as well so you can still continue to support breastfeeding yeah a lot of clients i get are ones that are like hey my baby won't take a bottle or a sippy cup it absolutely depends on how long your baby's at daycare for so if your baby was only there for you know four or five hours and they're nine months old then you could potentially get away with you know feeding them a drop off yeah having milk there but if they don't drink it it's not the end of the world and they'll just make up for it later so we call it reverse cycling think of milk over 24 hours if they're missing out milk during the day they're going to make up for it later on or you may find that they kind of just take the edge off at daycare so they might only have you know like a 20 or 30 mils from an open cup or a sippy cup or a bottle you know there's lots of options there and then when they see you they're going to feed 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 so my nine my second i absolutely couldn't get onto a bottle i left it way too late tried it didn't just didn't work so she started daycare at nine months and left her with bottles just in case like bottles and open cups never took one i fed her right on drop off she was there for six hours and i would pick her up and feed her there and then she just fed a lot more in the afternoon okay Okay. can I ask a um, personal question with this yeah so 
as I said, yeah. my youngest still feeds. She's just doing one feed at mm. night. I am going yeah. away for the night on Saturday. And should we fine? Okay. Yeah. I'm like. You might, well, you should feel fine, but if for whatever reason you felt like slightly engorged, you probably wouldn't if you're feeding like once a day. You'd just like hand express a little bit in the shower. Okay. Because I'm back, like I'm back at 10 o'clock the next morning. I leave, like, should I just feed her on Saturday morning before I go or just do? Yeah. Just feed her if she wants or if she doesn't like, because that's also part of the natural weaning process too. It's like they'll feed, they might feed one day and then not feed for two days and then might try and feed again like it's all she started doing that like sometimes she just won't feed and I'm like okay yeah and just go with it follow their lead as long as you're happy with it Mm. I've been like really worried about it (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah fair enough and I get so many panicked calls from mums as well and that's why I say I'm like hey like I'd love to give you advice on that but I need to know the whole situation yeah yeah are you gone 40 hours a week because that's a different plan but if you know they're only at daycare two five hour days a week that's that's a different scenario so true okay thanks kate and (laughs) so if you are returning to work and you are doing like an eight hour day and you know baby's nine months old or something would yeah would you recommend like just pumping in the middle of the day to then do a bottle so i would always suggest like feeding on drop off always or like them or if you haven't fed in there like if they happily take a bottle I always suggest like maybe even pumping on the way to work okay and then maybe like once mm. in the middle of your shift so you are entitled in New Zealand to pumping breaks they're just unpaid so they don't have to be your lunch break oh. you can take a 15 minute break to go and pump um but they just don't necessarily have to pay you for that okay um when I've worked they've always been pretty flexible about it more recently I've sold quite a few of like our wearable cups to some nurses even who find it really difficult to get a break um and they just pump while they're working (laughs) without anyone realizing um and yeah I'd always suggest kind of trying to stick to a rough pumping schedule and it, it depends on breaks with how often your baby would feed so in that eight hours if they're having like two feeds you kind of want to you want to roughly pump twice yeah okay or three times yeah so that your body still gets the memo that it needs to make yeah that milk okay okay great to know yeah it's I reckon it's one of the most um stressful things with going back to work is or like Georgia said with going away is what's going to happen with feeding yeah like how are they going to get fed and especially I think if you have like they don't take a bottle because you feel like it's all on you like it just we went away even just for a night to a wedding in Nelson and she was fine. She would feed a lot overnight, but I was like, well, you will be fine. You just won't. I mean, she did ask my mum for milk, milkies, <laughs> climbed on her chest and ripped her top open and quickly realised she wasn't going to get anything. <laughs> but like, she was fine and I was fine. I think the anticipation about it is so much worse. Oh, totally. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And that's where like I'm at so right now. Things. So I just need yeah. to, like, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she'll be great. I'm sure. Yeah. Sure yeah enjoy your night night away yes oh my god that's what i'm most excited about the sleeping so we've kind of talked we've kind of talked about um introducing a bottle and things like that Mm -hmm. and whether it is of express breast milk or formula when is the best age to do this like would you say there's a sweet spot and what do we do if we miss that sweet There's spot? There's absolutely a sweet spot. So there is oh, a sweet spot okay. between 
and this sounds really young because the most advice you'll hear about this in New Zealand is after six weeks. So if you know that bottle feeding is 100% something that you want to include in your feeding journey, like you're like, no, that's what we want to do, then the sweet spot is three to four weeks where you can offer a bottle as long as breastfeeding is going fine. So if you've had issues with breastfeeding and your latch isn't right and you're not feeling confident, then you delay it. But if things are going well and you're happy, between three to four weeks, your baby has like an automatic suck reflex. You put it in their mouth, they latch onto it, they're going to suck. Versus if you're trying to do it when they're older, it's different skill. Okay. Um, but the big thing is, is if you're introducing a bottle that early and you're not giving full feeds, it doesn't have to be a full feed. Like 20 mils after a bath time, top up extra in addition to breastfeeding. Like it doesn't have to be a full feed for your baby. Um, I think that's where lots of people get caught up. Like, oh, if I'm giving a bottle, I have to replace a breastfeed. It has to be a full, like, yeah. 100 mil bottle. Um. But yeah, that and then once you've introduced it, you need to keep it semi-regular. Right. So okay. every one to two days, and again, just a small amount of top up after a breastfeed, because they're two different skills. They latch slightly differently onto a bottle yeah. and onto a breast. So if you take that away and then expect them to do it, it's going to be quite hard. The same way that if you fully put your baby on a bottle and then tried to breastfeed them, they're not going to know what they're doing. Totally. Ah, uh, okay. And how do you stop them then? like that young getting bottle preference so you pick the right bottle to start with so a bottle that still promotes the wide latch and you do paste bottle feeding so a lot of it isn't necessarily bottle preference it's a flow preference Uh, a bottle the milk comes out consistently like at the same rate whereas with a breastfeed you get multiple letdowns in a feed yeah so if you can try and make the bottle be more like a breastfeed so giving them breaks giving them pauses they're going to be more likely to be able to move between both. Okay. And also not like chugging in 120 mils for a four-week-old baby, even though that's what the back of a formula tin says. Right, okay. Going by a more appropriate volume, like somewhere closer for that age to like 80 to 100 mils. Okay. And not getting them to finish a bottle. So, you you know, you offer the bottle and it's when they're finished taking it. They don't have to finish what's in the bottle the so the way I compare it like bottle feeding is like sitting on a couch eating food watching Netflix and going for a breastfeed is like running a marathon yeah what would you rather do yeah (laughs) good question (laughs) I know my answer (laughs) yeah so if we can pace the bottle feed we can make it a little bit more like the marathon yeah yeah because don't they say it's so exhausting for babies to breastfeed at the start yeah, they're learning, and it's a lot, like a lot of tongue movement, and that yeah. you know, like they have to make their tongue work to make the milk come out. Whereas if you put them on a bottle, if you tip it up, milk automatically comes out, even with the slowest flow take you can find. Yeah. So, what bottles would you recommend then if you wanted to maintain breastfeeding um, as well? So I have to be really careful about what I can say in that respect. So I say bottles with a gentle sloping teat. So none of these ones that are like flat with a nipple sticking up. There's some really great marketing out there that say, hey, this looks like a boob. This is what your baby needs. But think about the shape that your breast is in their mouth. So when you see them on the ones that are like flat with a teat sticking up. Yeah. They're going to suck on the end of it. Would you like them sucking on the end of your nipple? Oh, uh, okay. 
Okay. So a bottle where they're taking more of it into their mouth and they're latching like fully onto it, um, which again looks more like a breastfeed. So their mouth should look similar to what it does when they breastfeed. Okay. And always start with one bottle. You yeah. buy one bottle. Yeah. You don't go and buy a whole pack and see if that bottle works for your baby. And if it works, then you can go out and buy another one. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll waste a lot of money. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I can see how that would happen. Slippery slope. I went to a consult the other day, and I'm not kidding. They lined up 10 bottles. Oh, like wow. 10 different brands of bottles, oh. and two of them had been in big packs. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. It's so easy. And it's so easy to fall down that rabbit hole, isn't it, of – like yeah. if they, like I know my second, we just couldn't get him to take a bottle. Yeah, I think he was 15 months when he took his first one. And in that time, we, we tried all of them because you're just like, okay, well, this wasn't working. It must be the bottle, must be the bottle. I think it was just him being really stubborn. But you you do just end up trying them all, don't you? Yeah, and like I had my first, we had some issues and they my GP's advice was she needs to take a pacifier. I'm like, oh, she won't take one. And she's like, they're cheap enough. Just go by the, go to the shop and buy one of each until she takes one. I'm like, that is really bad advice. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, true. Not even, she's like, oh, they're just really cheap. Just buy, you know, like five or six different ones until she takes one. I'm like, okay. Uh, is there, again, with, pass, with pacifiers... What, what yeah. do you reckon as a lactation consultant about if you should introduce them, when you should introduce them? And then, um, like, I know when we were in the hospital, they said only use, are they called, like, soothies or something? Like, the those yeah. really hard... The ones you got in Neku? Yeah, yeah, like, those round ones with, like, the really hard teat. So, in Neku, like, I've had a lot of pacifier use. We use them a lot because we're teaching babies who are fed with, like, the nasogastric tubes that go through their nose that, you know teaching them how to suck and yeah. that sucking, getting milk while they're getting a feed and all that sort of thing. And they're separated from their mothers. And so babies suck to soothe. Yeah. The problem that can happen with pacifiers is sometimes we can put them in when babies are hungry, like they're showing us the early feeding cues and maybe we're caught up doing something or we're not quite sure. We're like, oh, they just want to suck. So you put the pacifier in. Yeah. The problem okay. with that is you miss the early feeding cues and then you're stuck feeding a grumpy, starving, hungry baby who's right. screaming at you and it's so much harder to feed. So okay. if you want to use a pacifier, I always suggest after a feed. Okay. So feed the baby, know that they've had lots and like trying not to use them in place of cluster feeds and stuff as well. But, okay. you know, some babies are really sucky babies and some parents want to use them and that's fine. It's just about using them the right way so yeah always after feed so we're not masking any feeding cues because it's yeah. way too hard to feed a starving baby oh yeah yeah especially in the early days yeah it's so stressful for you isn't it when you're just like fumbling around with your breast and babies all over the place and screaming and arching you just yeah yeah I can picture it vividly <laughs> yeah like the pacifiers can be great in the car you know like you're in the car oh. you've got a screaming baby they need to suck to soothe and you just need like five minutes to get from a to b 100 percent. i don't know how anybody in the car. does the car without them i really like in those early days i have no idea i my second was like okay in the car but only if the car was moving and i used to hit like every red light on the way to daycare drop off and i used to like drive around blocks to avoid like red lights <laughs> So, so she would be happy in the car. <laughs> yeah. 
They should, they should. You should map out the route for future parents. Like this is the best yeah. route to get your baby to sleep without hitting lights. <laughs> yeah, I used to drive. She was a really awful sleeper, and I'm not kidding. I used to. We lived in Beckenham at the time, and I used to drive up over to Governors Bay, right round to Littleton, oh. back over through down into some and back home just to get her to go to sleep and then petrol became two dollars fifty a liter and i'm like this isn't a viable option no (laughs) (laughs) you'd you'd get to the point where it was cheaper to just get someone to like hire someone to come and rock your baby to sleep (laughs) probably yeah but it worked i got her to sleep every time that was her day now (laughs) oh would um oh yeah so would would you say there is a dummy that's better than or like a shape that's better than others or not really um just don't buy into the oh, orthodontic one or this or that. It's the right one that works for your baby. Okay. Um, trying to pick something that's like a little bit straighter. Um, and again, something promotes the wide latch, but don't keep like forcing it in if they're pushing it out. I think yeah. that's the big thing and regularly changing them. So check on the back of the packet when you buy it and it will tell you how regularly it needs to be changed. Cause when it's getting sucked on so much, the silicon swells and breaks down um, yeah. And then they become a choking hazard really easily. Okay. Oh, okay. What roughly is it? Is it like every three months or something? I think the bibs ones, no, like four weeks maybe the bibs ones because they're quite thin. I think that's no way. But don't quote me on it. It's really, re- really, wow. really. And you can see the difference. I actually had two the other day. Um, and the like bulb bit that they suck on gets way bigger because it's like swelled. Uh... Yeah. This I is, need to go change Harry's dummies. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, Georgia, we Some just changed Hector's last it week. How hard, it depends on how hard they are. So I know the ones I use in Nico are quite, like, firm and mm. hard. Yeah. So I don't think they need as regular changing, but, like, each brand will be different depending on what they're made out of. Yeah. Okay. That's I only so found out after Mabel bit a dummy at daycare and took a chunk of it out and, like, handed it to a daycare teacher and was like, oh, no dummy, no sleep. Whoopsies. <sighs> <laughs> oh. yeah that's what happened to us last week he broke his dummy and then i was like he's had these for about a year yeah. like no wonder yeah it's terrible yeah um Don't, children who huh? would have them yeah <laughs> um so what would you say are some essentials that you should get yourself for breastfeeding like would you say like I guess silverette cups or the hucker or nursing pads or you know like I've seen so many people recently using those like flower hot cold things that you put around like yeah what would you say are some essentials and then some maybe so I would say okay so the only thing that's essential was boobs and a baby great (laughs) 100% boobs and a baby and support you know you don't have to have the products it makes me a very bad salesman right but you don't have to have the products the products are all nice to have and work for different specific things um I prefer like silver nursing cups over nipple creams because you're not you know because you're using your own natural breast milk to heal things. That's one of the reasons I like them. And also they protect your nipples and clothes. I remember my, mm. like those first few days, like even nipples touching breast pads was so painful. Um, and I had no damage. It was just that tenderness, you know, using an area of your body that hasn't yeah. been used like that before. And I, you know, I liked the silverettes because nothing was touching them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was no, nothing was rubbing in my top. 
Um, and then you're not having to use extra ointments and creams. And yeah. Because with nipple creams, especially a really, really popular one, um, it's greasy. So yeah. you smear it all over your breast and then you try and latch your baby and they're like slip sliding everywhere. Yeah. Um, because it's made it slippery and sticky. Um, other things that can be really nice to have, like the hucker pumps or the ladybugs are great. I really kind of attending more towards the ladybugs, which are the little silicon milk collectors. Yeah. Especially for women who are like leakers. I remember leaking through like multiple breast pads and it was just like, I felt gross. Yeah. I felt like I was leaking out of every orifice of my body. It was just foul. So to be able to stop that was really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, then one of the products we've just started stocking is the Lactimo Ball, which I find great because it's reusable and it facilitates the breast massage. So all these things mm. about block ducts and engorgement, we're learning so many new things about it. It's not about vicious massage to get it out. It's about using cooling to like soothe uh, inflammation okay, and like gentle massage to help release the fluid because the fluid when you're engorged is not just milk it's also like lymph fluid and extra blood and we want to kind of drain that stuff away to make your breast more comfortable and allow right. your milk to flow more easily so things like the lactam i find great because not every woman feels comfortable massaging their breasts mm. you know like it's a bit of a funny thing and sometimes it's nice to have if it's within your range a product that can help you do that you know you feel mm-hmm. like you're using something so you don't feel as weird about massaging yourself yeah yeah and also it uses like you can use temperature you can heat it you can call it to suit suit your needs but some of those more big ticket items like breast pumps and stuff wait and see if you need them or at least just know where to access them i think that's the big thing yeah um same with support maybe you know i always think um, education and pregnancy around breastfeeding is amazing um but if you don't do that have know where you can get to a lactation consultant have their number saved in your phone or saved in your instagram or whatever so that should you need it you know where to go and maybe have that money set aside yeah and if you don't end up using it hey that's great you can go and use it for something else go do some midnight online shopping but as long as you set those set those monies aside and those budgets if you can so that if you need that stuff you can access it access it and it's not stressful yeah yeah and I think, would you say with like accessing a lactation consultant, it's almost best to do that before it's at the point where you're desperate? Absolutely. Like we, so many of my consults, I get called, you know, like in that morning, it's like, oh my God, I need help now. And I do my best to, to be there for you and, and to sort that. But it's so much easier to sort a problem earlier on, you know, yeah. things like supply issues and latch because once you've got some damage to your nipples, as much as we correct the latch, it's still going to hurt a little bit. Yeah. You've yes. got bleeding, cracked nipples. You know, yeah. I can't stop that. I can help stop future damage and let it heal, but you are still going to experience a little bit of pain. Yeah. Whereas if you'd got me before the skin had broken down, then we can prevent it. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. And also, like, so many times you can come in and it's a problem that could have yeah, could have been fixed a lot earlier and you've just struggled with it and it's not fair to struggle with yeah. it for weeks on end. And I think that's the thing with breastfeeding. Like, you get told in pregnancy that it hurts at the start. And I, like, with my first, I was like, oh, everyone said it hurts. But I didn't realize the pain that I was feeling actually wasn't normal. Yeah. And I guess it's so hard to know, like, is this – the normal pain or is this more than what I should be putting up with? 
So like the way I like to describe that pain is like when you buy a new pair of Converse and, you know, they're a bit like tight and firm at the back and they rub, but it's bearable. You're like, okay, like then then I'm wearing in a new pair of shoes, but then you start getting a blister and you're like, no, 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 this isn't normal. You take the shoes off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yes, it's like friction. It's a new area of your body that's getting used that hasn't been used before like that but if there was you know your nipples coming out a different shape if it's a different color if it's the pain is just not going away get help okay and then people be like oh like all those bleeding cracks it's just part of it i'm just get the you know get those hydrogel pads and you get this and that i'm like no 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 like bleeding's not normal cracks is not normal like your skin shouldn't break down yes it's sensitive but it shouldn't break down okay good to know Mm. um just to finish up this is just one from us um yeah. you share so many amazing tips and resources on your instagram mm. i we absolutely love your reels i think you're extremely <laughs> relatable which we love yeah <laughs> um could you just tell us a little bit about you know what you provide on your instagram and we also know that you've created some ebooks as well so could you just talk to us a little bit about those so the Instagram, I like to keep relatable and funny because it's like, hey, there's some education in here, but I just don't want it to ever be too heavy. Yeah. Um, the posts are there and that lots of information are on that you can save and refer back to at a later time. But I think sometimes it just needs to be funny and relatable. I never had a parenting group or anything like that with my first and I remember just sitting and scrolling Instagram at 3am in the morning because I felt like I had, you know, no one to talk to and no one to do. And and that was my safe place. That was where I got information from. That was where I did a lot of shopping. (laughs) Um, So that's what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be that, you know, you can, there's some posts on there that you can look at at three o'clock in the morning and they might give you a little helpful, handy tip, but just not feel too overwhelming or that you feel like you are seen. Um, especially when you have a breast pad on your face um, <laughs> and your coffee's cold. And <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the ebook side of it was just to try and make some, some of the information that can be a bit more generic um, around what to do and how to do it or how to filter through accessible and affordable and in one place. Um, yeah. So that you're not like scrolling the internet to find it or asking tidbits. And it was a lot of my like commonly asked questions that I've put into a lot of those ebooks. Um, you know, like there's one on low milk supply and it's like, what can I do? And I'm like, here, look, these are all the tips. And if these things aren't working for you, then this is when you need to go and get some help. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like I've had a lot of women purchase that in pregnancy so that they know how to set themselves up for a good milk supply and know what the signs are if it isn't right for them, which has been really cool. Yeah, that's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, it really is. There's just not enough. And there's quite a few free ones on there. There's not enough antenatal support, is there, for knowing what you're getting into with breastfeeding? Oh, no. And I think also, like, we have amazing midwives, and but they don't have the time. Yeah. You know, our appointments we have with them, you kind of only just fit in all the stuff that you need to to do. Um, You know, tick that box, hear the baby, but no one's got time to think about breastfeeding. I think I remember my midwife saying to me at maybe, like, my 38-week appointment, saying, like, oh, like your nipples are okay, eh? Like they're just they're good nipples. And I was thinking, I've helped people with breastfeeding, but I don't know what you mean by good nipples. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. 
um, and I felt lucky that I had the education that um, I did have yeah. um, before I started breastfeeding, but it still wasn't enough. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. Yeah, that, how are you supposed to know? Like we've talked before about having to breastfeed teddy bears in antenatal classes. Yeah. It's like that was a completely pointless exercise. And it's so, so different. Like even those little tidbits of like, where do I put my hands? Mm. You know, like I want to hold them. And I think the big thing is people don't even know how to hold a baby. Like new parents, if you haven't been around a newborn, you're scared enough to, like I watch them and they're like holding and like shaking their hands. I'm like, you've got to be firm. Like you've got to hold that baby. You've got to own holding that baby because they need support to feed. There was something I was like, so surprised about when I was first learning to learning to feed like actually with how, how much force you like bring them into your yeah. boob and like we're learning more ways to like not do it so like laid back feeding and stuff like that yeah but the biggest thing I find is people are like that's not what it like what, what I've seen you know I went to a consult earlier this week and the woman was like I just I haven't seen this position before yeah. and if you haven't seen it of course you have no idea what you're doing yeah no one tells you what to do but it's not what you see in the movies so yeah yeah it's really hard yes and then like forgetting between babies like I did exactly what you said when my second was born just tried to like hold him in you know like the crook of my arm and was like come on then like latch on (laughs) and yeah I was like no like you need to hold his head you need to like do it like this and yeah you learn it again from the start it feels like yeah and, like, some of the, like, tricks, you you know, with a teddy bear, you're not having to get a teddy bear to open their mouth. No. Yeah. When you're trying to, like, get them to your breast, you're trying to get them to open their mouth. That's kind of the biggest part of it, right, is that you want to get this big open mouth so you can get as much of your breast in there as you can. Yeah. But you can't learn that with anything but a baby. Yeah, totally. And also, you're not even getting your boob out because you're in a room full of people <laughs> in an antenatal class. <laughs> and everyone's boobs are different. Like, yes. You know? Your nipples, the biggest tip I can give any mum in like those laid back or side lying positions is put the baby lower than you think because your nipples aren't where you think they are. Where we like to be. Right? <laughs> like so many times they go like, oh, they're holding their babies up here, like up here, like near their necks. I'm like, your nipples are like down there. Down. <laughs> like, we're talking belly button level. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, when you, if you've got big boobs and then your milk comes in, they're, re- they're just yeah. low, okay? Let's just all clear it out of the air. They are lower than what you think they are. Yeah, so true. Oh, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you One so much. One day they'll get back up there. Yeah, hopefully. Thank you so much for all of your advice and thank you for answering all those questions. We know that they've been incredibly helpful to like to us and I'm sure to the people who asked them but so many more people as well thanks for listening to my ramblings oh, <laughs> come no. along and follow us on Instagram for some more great laughs yes yes that's at little bird lactation yeah great thank you so 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 thank much you. Kate thank you ladies